Welcome to Tear Report, the podcast that gives you a fan's voice on all things going on with Star Wars Sharks and the Barracuda. As always, everything said in this podcast is 100% my own personal opinions and is not affiliated with either team or the respective leagues. And now it's time for a brand new edition of Tear Report, the podcast made by a fan for the fans. We've made it. We've arrived at the end of the year. It's welcome, one or to the season three finale of the report, the podcast that's made by a fan for the fans of the South Bay Sharks and Barracuda. We have got a lot to get through today, my friends. We are in for one mammoth of a finale. It's going to be even more jam-packed than, well, certainly more than last year's last episode, which of course was kind of an unofficial finale show, um, probably even more than the first season finale, um, yeah, we've got a lot to cover today, we've got obviously, we're going to look back on the final month of the regular season play for both your Sharks and the Barracuda, we're also going to be looking at the stats for the Sharks, um, which of course which we did as a little episode for last season's stats, because we couldn't get to do that at the finale last year, I bet it's going to be this year. We're also going to be looking back on what's been a massive game changer of a season for the podcast, Season 3. We've gone so far to where we're in Season 1. Um, and also we've got a couple of special little treats too, uh, just to water your mouth. Um, so it's nice, you I go grab your snacks, get, get yourself ready, get, get yourself a nice brew, tea, coffee, cocoa, whatever you want, whatever you fancy. Get your snacks in. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to this show. It's going to be a great season tonight. We've got such cover. So, let's get started, shall we? With looking back, our first set of look back on the 2021 Saturday Sharks season. So, we start with the look back for the first time this season. We're going to be looking back on the month of May, which, uh... <laughs> Oh, let's not sugarcoat it. <laughs> okay, we'll get right into it. So on May the 1st, uh, we continued that four-game block uh, with Colorado. Uh, it was a 4-3 loss to the Avalanche in relation. Well, there were some slight improvements um compared to the previous night uh, with some stunning net money which helped to actually keep us in the game throughout the whole way through however despite the buying attempt you know that third goal for the avalanche that for me i just felt was a dagger also what's worth noting um was how colorado gave away their power play after we made it three two oh this was textbook on how not to do a coach's challenge because they challenged it for goaltending interference. Um, unsuccessfully, which I might add, because there was, as far as I could see, there was no goaltending interference. None. I knew there wasn't. I mean, I may not know what does and what does not account as a successful challenge, but I knew full that was not goaltending interference. We didn't even make contact. Um, and so, yeah, so the Avalanche, they were on the power, they challenged that, they challenged the goal, it was just failed. And then up losing the power play, and we got a shot at a goal, so that was just. 
got them out of there. Right, May the 3rd. We did get a point. You know, we got a point. But I know what people are saying. Two points are better than the one point. Okay, well. Anyway. So on May the 3rd, it was time for us to host the Avalanche once again. Well, this one really stings. You know, the Sharks, they came out guns blazing here. And at one point, even had a two-goal lead on the Avalanche. I mean, our scoring has not been great as the Avalanche. We have, as I mentioned in previous shows, we have struggled to get our scoring offence against Colorado. So to have a lead, and a t- not just any lead, but a two-goal lead over them, I thought was a nice improvement. But unfortunately, you have to excuse the pun here, the tide <coughs> turned against the Sharks, despite getting some excellent hot hockey against this very tough Colorado side. Although, we would eventually win more of those games. May the 5th, the last game in this ball game block, and the Sharks would take it. And this was a close one. It was a close one. It looked to me like it was going to be a typical gameplay. You know, that typical gameplay we've seen against Avalanche all year with the Sharks. They're able to keep Corridor off the score sheet for a fair amount. Um, but I have to cast out on their chances. And then, boom, the Avalanche will get their first goal. That's when things start going wrong. But actually, you know, it, well, that wasn't the case. You know? that, that actually wasn't the case in this one. You know? On this occasion, you know, Teal had an impressive comeback here. Thomas Shuttle, he led the charge and scored three, as Teen Teal scored three straight to hold on to Hank Corrado. A crushing blow in the title because it's looking pretty tight uh, for that West Division title. So that loss is a pretty big one for Corrado uh, there. <laughs> Well, that's good. Glad to see we can crush people's dreams, even if ours aren't going to be cheese this year. Like <laughs> the bubble kids there. Okay, okay, made seven now. Final back to back of the year, and it was Coyotes in town by two loss. I blame it on the second period, just like I've done plenty of times this season. Um. The Sharks had a brilliant first period. They were in full control. And that, and that, you know, I, was, I loved so much about that first period. There was so much good to say about it. And then, just a typical 2021 second period, really. I mean, we've seen it throughout the whole campaign. I don't know what it has been about the second period, but the Sharks have just faltered. And again, in this one, it was their underneath Arizona. They first pushed for the tying goals, and then when they got them, after that, they took full control of this game and just did not look back one bit. May 8th. Oh. This was a very emotional night for me. Um, as Of course, this was the final division matchup between these two great clubs. I'm going to be... Oh. I'm just gonna try. I'm gonna try. Keep there. Try keep there. Um, and oh boy, did they go out with a bang! Because as both sides showed aggression in the tense back and forth game, which in the end it required overtime to set up the score. In the end, it would be Arizona Coyotes who uh, would win 
Fifle in the other time in the last ever division match between these two clubs. Oh, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. And then the last game of the year, May 12th, Golden Knights 6, Sharks, no score. Now, despite what the score sheet said, I, I, the and that atrocious shot count, because the shot count was atrocious, that was the big problem of the game. Despite what, it, what those uh, said, Sharks did have some quite good scoring opportunities, you know, from... Just name a few, Dean Graham Patrick Marlowe, Noah Gregor. So the Sharks did have opportunities, but Mark Andre Fleur was on fire for the Golden Knights in net, and he's going to need to be uh, moving for forward, as we know the Golden Knights are going to be in the postseason. Yeah, that was a hard one to watch, that was. Um, it was a hard one to watch all full stop, because uh, it just feels a bit weird this season. You know, the way it's ended and everything. Um, I remember going into the, that game thinking, oh my god. On the one hand, I feel relief that it's now all over. And it's done. We've managed to actually make it through and complete these 56 games. But on the other hand, it just felt, oh. Just felt there was just more to give. Anyway, so that concludes the month of May. I'm not I'm not going to bother with the rest monthly record or high or lows, obviously. I never do with the end of the season, last one of the season, because it's always it's only other one or two games left, but on case it was quite a handful. Um, but I'll just quickly finish the look back off this year with the team record, which was 21-28-7. Now, I just want to quickly compare that to last year's record. Um, so obviously, last year was an abrupt end, but I just want to look and compare that record very very quickly to last year's record so last year's record was 29 36 5 um so really he did he did the maths last year he added the, the other time slash shot losses to the to regulation losses that was 41 losses in total but this year it's hold on 35 so improvements there okay okay we didn't we we won less than we did last year but we lost fewer than last year so i can see the improvements are there but i think for me there is still a lot more to go and the off season we really need to make the most of the off season and rebuild so that next year we could be a contender Okay, so that does it for the lookbacks on this month of May and also for the whole season. Time now for one last visit this year to Kuda Corner. Well, it's time for the final Kuda Corner of the season. Okay, maybe we've come to the end. It has been such amazing to finally get a segment on this podcast dedicated to the Barracuda. It's something we've been trying to do ever since we began the podcast, you know, in the 2018-19 season. We just couldn't figure out what to do, do and it literally it took us till last season to work out what to do. The halfway part of last season to work out what to do. And so I thought, well, as no one says left, let's hold it until season three. We, we can just spend the rest of the off-season tuning out for details. And we've done it, we've done it. I think we've got something really great. I look forward to continuing this segment going forward in the future. So, 
couple of games left to deal with before we get on to the postseason action for our Barracuda and the Pacific Division. Uh, we now know all the details. So, the Barracuda, I'll give you the record for this for their season before we get started to the maze game. So, the Barracuda's record for the season after 36 games is 15-15-4-2. That's 15 wins, 15 losses, 4 overtime losses and 2 shootout losses. For a total of 36 points. Okay, so that's the season record. Let's now go through... Uh, very quickly, the month of May, because they like with your sharks. Not many games to talk about. There are a few, which I'll just run them, run them down for you guys. So, um, sadly, May was not rosy with Barracuda. May the first, a four-nil loss to the Hens and Silver Knights. On May the third, it was a five-three fall to the Bakersfield Condors. We've not had great good form against them this year at all. They really have had our number. The last two games were in Henderson. Uh, for, oh, on the make, first on the make. May the 8th, it was a 5-3 loss to the Summer Knights. And on May the 11th, it was a close, tense and cow, but it was a 3-1 deficit in the end. So, like I say, so that includes the Barracuda's uh, season, but of course, there is postseason action. Now, we do know that the Barracuda are gonna, will be competing in the play-in. They will be one of those four teams that have to play in the play-in to get into the postseason. Uh, and then, depending on how that goes, depends whether or not they go to the uh, postseason to get to compete for the right to be crowned the Pacific Division champion. I'm certainly for these players. It's going to be really, really exciting. Best of threes. You just know the action is going to be it's going to be intense, tense, 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 tense because obviously there's no room for mistakes in best of threes. You have to. It's, it's simple. Lose one game and you're on the back foot for the rest of the series. It's going to be such fun to watch. I'm really excited that we get to choose our division champion this way rather than. Well, I see all the others just go for simple points percentage, you know. I mean, not even five, but I think this is more action. And plus, it's opportunity for our teams to have some more hockey, which, of course, is a buzz, which I'm so looking forward to. So, yeah. So, our Barracuda is going to be in the play-in. Obviously, we're just supposed to look. But hopefully, it's going to work out fine. We are, uh, obviously, if we do get in and do win the play-in and get to compete in the postseason, we will be the big outsider. But, hey, strange things have happened. Like I say, so, yeah, it's been great to have this segment added to the, to the, to the podcast this year. It's been great. I finally... We'll be able to do something to embody Barracuda. I'm just so glad. And we've got look, and it's going to be a segment that's going to be carrying on for the future. So, that was your final edition of Cooler Caller for Tear Report Season 3. Okay, so in terms of this um, bonus. Uh, Pacific Watch, uh, because uh, as you know, we don't normally do Pacific Watch segments in the uh, finale show because obviously by the time we get to the finale, it's really just um, you know take a look at who's caught up the playoffs or not. Um, not really. Um, but really, I'm going to use this today as opportunity to talk about some exciting news uh, for the podcast going forward as we move in and prepare for what's going to be our fourth season. Uh, in October uh, this year. Uh, the first piece of news um, is regarding our middle section, which for the last three seasons um, has been uh, the Pacific Watch. Um, of course, this year it's had to go a little tiny, it's a tiny little revamp because um, 
Obviously this year, we've not had the Pacific Division, it's been the West Division, so obviously this year we named it the West Division Pacific Watch. <laughs> um, yeah, for the last three seasons we've been keeping an eye on anything news where we go on the Sharks, uh, Division Rivals. Um, but so far, we've really just stuck it, just kept it to Division Rivals only. But from next season, I'm going to expand that a bit more. And the thing, you know, with having to try to incorporate our honorary division opponents for this year, which of course were St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild, Colorado Avalanche, it got me thinking, well, maybe it's actually now time to expand that a little bit further and focus on the Western Conference as a whole. So the plan is, uh, beginning from season four, uh, next next year, we're going to rename the middle, the middle the middle segment, and we're going to call it the West Watch. And the idea will be, it'll be just like how we've been doing the Pacific Watch the last three seasons. You know, we'll find some news where we'll be from a couple of sharks of her rivals, but instead of it being just division rivals, they were going to do the Commons rivals, so all fifteen uh, conference opponents, which of course are well, this is going to test me now, <laughs> which of course are Anaheim, Calgary. Edmonton, LA, Seattle, Vancouver, Vegas, Arizona, Colorado, Chicago, Minnesota, Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg, and Dallas. Woo! There you go. <laughs> I I got more there. So, all 15 division conference rivals will be up for uh, potentially being involved in the segment. Um, what we'll do is we'll try and pick at least two teams, maybe three, depending if we can get three teams. But we'll at least do try and do at least two teams. Um, and yeah, so we'll go. So we'll go, just expanding more, just you know, and hopefully we might get more to find it more easier to get more new stuff. Uh, we do conference rivals rather than just division rivals. So that's the first bit of news. Uh, next bit of news is it's actually brand related, really. Um, because this podcast for 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 three seasons, for last three seasons now has been an absolute joy. It's been amazing to uh, bring you this wonderful show, uh, month in, month out throughout the regular season through all the trials and relations, uh, and Really, up to this point, it's just been basically me, you know. But I want to explain that further now. I want to try and grow my um, fan engagement, um, and not not just with this podcast, but with all my GGS sounds content. And so, what I want to do is I want to get your feedback, you know, because this podcast it's your podcast. It's made by a fan for the fans and so I want to get your thoughts so I'd love you to start sending me your feedback and your thoughts so if you've got your own thoughts on how you think the season's going for the Sharks and you want to get in touch with please do you can do so um by giving me an email by my gmail I'm going to put it in the episode description so you know where to so you'll be able to know how to contact me get in touch I'd love to hear your thoughts um if you've got any suggestions for um any ideas for future editions of the tour of our YouTube spin-off to report bids, we'd love to hear those. And if you've got any questions that you want that sharks that already HR related, I can't promise we'll definitely answer them, but we could give it a good go. So if you've got any of that, 
I'd love to hear from you. I just love you. Uh, just make sure in the in your in the header when you're composing your email, just make sure you put in the header you put the show that that you are sending feedback feedback or thoughts for. So obviously for anything to do with tier teleport, you just put teleport in the header. Just or or the start email, just so I know which show it is. Because if I get like say 150 emails, and it says random, random, random. I think some could be from teleport, or it could be from a cover bid suggestion, or make a brew. It's gonna get messy. So just when you you email me, just make sure in the header or the very start of your email, you put which show you're giving me feedback for, because it's the whole. Uh, brand, anything I've done, whether it's on Tumblr, YouTube, Audio Mac, or eventually TikTok, so I probably will get, will, will probably will get round to that at some point. Um, just let me know. I'd love to hear from you guys, and because I, it's been, it's been your, it's, 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 it's your show, um, and I'd love to now start because we're we're well in now. We know we we know what we're doing now after three seasons, and I think the time is now not right to try and engage, um, the. Fan and game and try and grow it. So yeah, so get in touch with me via my email. Remember, you, you can do it for anything you guys later. Any of my content I've done on any social platform, if you'd like to get in touch and say your thoughts, feedback, and suggest new content, and you can let me know by my Gmail. It's going to be in the episode description, so you'll know how to contact me. Um, just make sure, as I say, you put at the start of your email or in the header which show you're submitting feedback for. Uh, so I know what it is, and so I'd have to keep going scrolling going down to find for a specific show. So that's going to be amazing. Um, and your first task is to come up with a name for this segment. Because if we get a decent amount of feedback each month, then we could maybe at the end, at the end of each show have have a little section where we just talk about where we get, um, get you guys your feedback. Because other podcasts have done this, um, Conversation Streets. An example, uh, Shag Marine Annoy, that's another example. So, a podcast that I've listened to that do get at least as provide their feedback, they read them out. So, if you can, so if we were to get a decent amount of feedback each month, then we could make it at the end of each episode of the podcast, we could have a little segment where we do, you know, your feedback. So, your first task is to come up with a name for what this segment should be, okay? So, that's going to be your first. Uh, task that you can do over the summer, and who knows if we get enough feedback, uh, it could be something we we look at doing uh, each month going forward. So yeah, so remember it's for the whole brand. This is, but obviously you get the first heads up being on the report. If you listen to this podcast, you get the first heads up. Um, so yeah, so it's been, so it's for any piece of content I do, I'd love to get your thoughts and feedback. Um, back. So yeah, but with teleport, if you got any thoughts on, the, on your on your about how tracks is going, or if you got any suggestions for teleport bids or questions, send them in. It's on in to my Gmail, and I'd love to hear from you. <sighs> okay, right, we'll take a little quick break, and we'll continue with the CW finale in just a few moments. Okay, so this next segment in our CTV finale is going to be uh, doubling up as a YouTube video as well as a podcast segment. Like I said, I'm going to give you the links for all the segments that are done video-wise in the episode description so you can check that out for yourselves. Okay, now, as promised, 
I do not intend to hold back here because I gotta say I'm still surprised that everybody is gonna go through 56. I, I cannot believe you managed to get us to that position but Your handing on it was just so messed up! I mean, clearly this league did not think through all the finer details. They did not think of what would happen after the dangers of leaving the bubbles. Now, of course, there is no way you could have had the whole season done in a bubble. That was never going to be on the cards. But measures should have been taken to ensure that every single team is in the position going into the season where they can say, okay, we are probably good to go, and if there's a potential risk we may have to do a COVID shutdown, we'll know what to do. That did not happen. It was just basically plodding along as we go on, you know. It's pretty much the message of the league was that Mitchell was like, oh, we'll build that bridge when we get to it. So basically it's continuing on what happened during the Stanley Cup final when they actually got asked the question of, um, what are your plans for 2021? And they were like, oh, we'll get to that bridge, we'll cross it. And I was like, at the time, I was like, no, you should be figuring that right now. Because before you know the season's going to happen. And after several delays, so from, oh, we could maybe start beginning of December, to, oh, we could maybe start on New Year's Day, to, oh, we're going to start mid-January. That already, could, to me, could tell the signs of, um... Yeah, we've not got proper leadership going on here. We're just making up as we go along. And, ugh. But, yeah. So, there were quite a lot of things this league did not get right during the pandemic this season. And, oh, boy, have I made a list. I did make a list. But I think I teased this um, quite early on in the season. Uh, so, you might have to go look, look this, this back to our previous episodes from season three. I did mention... Uh, I was going to maybe do this as a segment finale, and true to form, we're doing it. Um, yeah, so, it's quite a fair amount. Um, before I get to the bashing, before we get to the league bashing, <laughs> there was one good thing the league did do, which was to introduce the points percentage. Um, it was about the beginning of February. The points percentage just sort of cre creepily snuck in onto the statistics side. And so that got us all thinking, oh, okay, well, maybe they've... Okay, well, maybe not everything's going make to make it to the magic number of 56. And if that happens, then we need to decide a fair way to determine who gets the six, the four spots in each division. Um, But despite introducing that points percentage, you didn't really take some account because you still force every single team to play the magic number of 56... Despite some of them were in really bad shape. You look at Vancouver, for example. The I, my heart really did go out to poor Vancouver. It really did to you guys. I mean... Uh, but yeah. It, and they're still having to play the last few games when technically they're now mathematically out of contention. It's just... Uh, it's been our post-season Canada. To this point, I've recorded... To the time... At the current time recording this segment... They still haven't bloody worked out what to do when we get to the semi-finals, you know? Because the way this division line was worked was to deal with the fact that the borders, the Canadian borders are going to be shut. So you've got seven Canadian teams competing against competing in Canadian division. Four of them have made the playoffs. 
The first two rounds are basically colour cup style. It's division centric. But then what happens when we get to the player player final, where the Canadian division winner has got to play either the division winner of the Central, East or West? There's still no word on what that is! And you've had, what, five months? Actually, we go back to when this was, back to December, it was six months to plan what to do when we get to that scenario, and you still haven't done it, we're about to go to power parking! Oh, bloody hell. Right, let's get started. So, first up is the Dallas Star season uh, start got delayed. Uh, Dallas was kind of the first of the teams to have a COVID scare. And it wasn't even before they even got out of the gates, you know. This was, Dallas' little COVID scare happened before the season started. So that meant their start had to be delayed. Like, and that was the first sign of, okay, this is going to be the normal this year. Quite a fair amount of teams are going to have to have to, going to have to, you know, go into a COVID shutdown. They'll have to get the games rearranged and, arranged and all that. But for Dallas, the fact they had to miss, I think it was about six or seven games to start the year. They missed six or seven games and the fact, so... So already, the season hadn't even got started, and already one team is down and out. They're COVID scared. If that did not scream to you as a fan that this league does not know what it's doing, I don't know what else would have. Because quite a lot of teams this season had uh, games postponed and rearranged due to COVID reasons. Uh, I've got the list here. So they were... Now, this list was... Uh, now, the way I compiled this list is... If the t is if the team announced they were being put to shut, were being having to shut down due to COVID scare, that's sort of listed. So I'm not listing the opponents they were supposed to play. I just listed the team that had to shut down. So that's what's going to be on my list here. So we had Canada Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils, the Buffalo Sabers, Vegas Golden Knights. So a lot, actually, a lot of the West Division teams did have to go on shutdown. So Vegas was one, Minnesota Wild. Colorado, they were two big ones because they had quite a bit of lengthy shutout, both Minnesota and Colorado Beach, which, which of course affected uh, the Blues schedule. It meant, and it meant that a lot of their games against Arizona, which were supposed to be spread across the season, had to all be done in one sort of big go. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers were what Theirs happened just around about the time of the late Tahui game was supposed to happen. So I was a little bit concerned whether they were able to play in that or not, uh, but they were able to. Um, we had one. We we had the shortest shutdowns because um, one of our players did enter the protocol list and we had to shut down. But our shutdown only really lasted 24 hours and we were back out of the ice before you do it. So that shows how much we were considered. Boston Marines. And then the lone two Canadian teams on this list are the Montreal Canadiens. And, of course, at the Bank of Canucks, who had a terrible time uh, with COVID. They had to have a COVID. And my thoughts on Vancouver having to play, you know, over 32 games within three weeks to make up for the for their, for their time lost due to having so, so many players and one or two coaches put on the protocol list. I just thought, why? Why? You know, there's only three weeks left to go. Go. What chances are Vancouver is probably not going to be able to catch Montreal, who are the 
for to extension the info a place. Why are you going to go through this? Why? And then what's the point? The point percentage there. What was the point of bringing the point percentages to the standings if you were not gonna make, gonna implement them at some point? You know, because health and safety is a bigger priority than teams completing their regular season schedule. Whether it's 82 games, 56 games, 48. No, health and safety has to come first. That means one, one division has to have their priorities decided by points percentage because one team has had to have a nasty time, time dealing with COVID. Then that's how you do it. So be it. Especially with the division that the league has still not been able to iron all the kinks out. Ugh. So, so, of course, that's, so I suppose because the bank could have been there. There were quite a few... Now, actually, some of the teams on that list actually had to have a quite longer uh, shutdowns than others. Uh, Buffalo, New Jersey, Minnesota, they had additional games cancelled to their original ones mentioned. Uh, Buffalo, New Jersey was kind of a weird one because those TUTs, before their shutdowns, had just played each other. I think New Jersey went down first, and then it was Buffalo. And I was thinking... Rrr. Put two and two together, you make four. Um, so some other things that I also did not find was quite uh, pleasant. Um, one of those being were that four Washington Capital players uh, broke rules. <gasps> naughty, naughty. And resulted in the team getting uh, fined $100,000. Well, what that is in UK currency? Should we do a quick conversion? Uh, um, so in terms of dollars, that doesn't probably sound much. Um, let's add it up. Right, so that's equivalent to about seventy thousand pa- nine hundred and forty-three pounds in sterling. So not really much for fine there for four plate. Four players, but their like, currencies and I don't understand currencies like, not that like, I have to look commercial myself, so mm, but we take but we take rule breaking when it comes to COVID very, very seriously, especially in this, in England. We take it very, very seriously. We like to do shame people. In fact, we have shamed quite a few celebs who have broken uh, the rules just so they can have birthday parties. Oh, I know, naughty, naughty. So that was not a good uh, sign. And then another, one more five, uh, another two things, actually. First, the heads of the Knights, they had to get thrown into the fray because um, with Vegas got shut, uh, shut um, well, Vegas at first didn't have a shutdown. First, their coaching staff were told you can't come to the, had to, had to self-isolate. And so it meant that Henderson's coaching staff then had to get called up uh, behind the bench for a Vegas game against the Blues after their coach had to isolate under the COVID protocols. So, now you're affecting the NHL, you're also affecting the NHL as well! Who are, doing, who are barely coping as it is, you know, they, they barely managed to get a season put together, and now you want to affect theirs as well! I mean, ugh. And of course, the last thing, I've already talked about this in a previous episode, but of course, the mishandling of the uh, Sharks' return uh, to the SFP Centre, because we Sharks fans, we knew um, that... It was going to take quite a fair amount of time to get our, our Sharks back to Thursday. We knew we were going to have to start the season on the road. We knew full well we weren't going to be able to do training camp 
in San Jose, neither could uh, the Barracuda. So it wasn't just a shark that couldn't, uh, you know, have home ice in or be on home ice. It was a Barracuda too. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I just thought the handling of that, mishandling, was just terrible. Uh, but I've already talked about one previous episode. Now, there's one last thing I want to talk about, and that is the mishandling of the playoffs. Now, because there's so many teams having so... And it's the last one I'll talk about before on, the seg- on this segment. With so many teams having COVID scare shutdowns, it has obviously knocked everything out of the kilt. Because, uh, obviously, League Action was supposed to wrap up, up on May the 8th. It didn't. It's wrapping up on May 19th. Uh, but playoff hockey for the American divisions is going to start May 15th. Now I'm just thinking. Doing it that way does not solve the problem of speeding this up. Because we're on a tight deadline now with playoffs. It's not like last year when we were in the bubbles where we sort of had, well, sort of had free range. We could have started whenever we liked in the summer and any of them we felt like in the autumn. Um... Despite only being pretty determined they wanted to get it right before October, but I was thinking, yeah, that's not going to happen. But hey, we were proved wrong on that front. Um, but for this year's playoffs, the deadlines to wrap this all up are a little bit tighter because obviously we have the rescheduled Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Tokyo 2021. I don't care what their branding says, it's Tokyo 2021. Okay? We've got the rescheduled Tokyo Olympics, which was supposed to take place last year, but of course got postponed. Uh, obviously, it's happened with COVID. Uh, the other big that is on July 23rd. Now, by that point, we need to wrap up. Because um, obviously, Olympics are a very big deal for e- deal. Uh, everybody watches the Olympics, regardless of whether you are willing to see sports or not. Um, so, yeah. So, so, we're having to start the playoffs a little bit later. And even a lot, lot later with the Canadian divisions because with the Canadian teams, so Toronto, Edmonton, Montreal, and Winnipeg, have all booked their spots well in advance. Uh, they can't start theirs until Vancouver has done its makeups. Um, and I think there's going to be a playoff game on that day, May 19. Uh, I'm going to look just a little up, quick set. Because uh, obviously the. the Division semi-final schedules are now out. Um, so, let me just check that. Because I think... Because I remember reading an article the week where they said that the uh, Canadian players could start on the same day as the Canadian division season ending. Uh, yeah. Let me look at, uh, so, let's just look at... Bear in one sec. Uh, da, 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 da. Not accurate. Not division. Not division. Yes, I was, yes. So on May 19th, which of course is the day when uh, the Canadian Banku will play its last regular season game, uh, the first of the two Canadian series will get underway as well. It'll be the Winnipeg Jets at the Edmonton Oilers. Um, those. And this, of course, will be the first meeting between these two, those two clubs since uh, the 1990 uh, Smith Division semi-finals uh, between yours and the original Blue Patriots. Uh, yeah, so... It just looks like this is an absolute 
mess. Because it is a mess. It is a mess. You know, this once, you know, clean, but an ambitious schedule of how the league put it out at the beginning of the year. Like, okay, we're going to start on January 13. We expect to finish by MA8. We expect to start first on May 11. We expect to hope we hopefully to allow us to wrap it up before the Tokyo Olympics. That, when you look back in January, it sort of feels, okay, that's quite ambitious, but it's not unthinkable because hopefully we will have learned our lessons from the bubbles. Well, unfortunately, no. Lessons didn't get learned because obviously everybody moved back into their rings. And of course, that allowed the risks of COVID to, to amplify and loads of teams obviously knocked out for better parts of the time. But yeah. But the playoffs now are just turning on one big joke. Because you're going to have the uh, American division start on May 15. The Canadians can't start till... Well, really, really, they should not start until May 20 if you want to give respect to Vancouver. But no, they're going to start one of the series on May 19. The other will start the next day. Um... Now, just thinking, it's going to be a tight push to get this all wrapped up before the Tokyo Olympics. It's just, oh. But, yeah. So, that's pretty much it in terms of what has been uh, lead bashing. Oh. <laughs> uh. Because I've not been impressed. I mean, I've said to you guys plenty of times in the podcast this year, my enthusiasm level for hockey uh, since the bubbles have been at an all-time low, and all this mucking about's not helped I matters either. Um, so, yeah. Like I said, this gives me no pleasure to sit here and record this segment, both as a video segment for my YouTube channel as an audio segment for the uh, the piece we put on it above our podcast. It does not give me pleasure to do this. It never gives any me any pleasure to have to go and take something I love and just basically point out all its wrongdoings. But no, I'm not. I won't, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and look back on the 2021 season and think, "Oh, it was all great. We all got, we all we all got through it and all of that." No, we didn't get all through it. We may have all got through all 56 games, but we all had a Troubles and Sars drives. And did the league really pay attention to that? No, they did not. So, but hey, this is what we expect, you know. Commissioner Bettman is deputy. They've made their mark over the many, many years now. This is what we expect from them. We expect them to behave like monkeys. So, I've just come to you for it now. But if you are a first timer and you're just getting involved with hockey, this is the kind of leadership that you've got in the NHL. Yeah, so like I say, it gives me no pleasure to record this segment, but. I was not going to just sit back at the league of hook. No, no, no way. Absolutely not. Whew, okay. Let's take a deep breath. And we come and we'll continue with our finale, season three finale after this very short break. You're going to make this so hard to record. <laughs> oh, we don't, we don't want to lose our result. We don't want to lose Howler. Oh, no, you're going to make this very, very hard. 
Uh, welcome back to the season three finale of Tear Report. Uh, this segment is another double up segment, so it's a segment be not just on the podcast, but also going to be a YouTube version, which you can check out my channel. Like I said, uh, for any segments that are YouTube versions as well as audio versions, I'm going to put on my I put links in the description, so you have to uh, go and check them out. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel. You got a sec. Hallows here. Sharky's here, although I don't know if we're going to see much of Sharky. <laughs> He's trying to hold on to Howler. Oh, this is going to be hard. Okay. Now, we teased this all the way back in... Uh, I'll try and position them there so, we can, so they can stay in shot. That, let's do it like that. Uh, I teased this back in our very, very first episode of Season 3. So all the way back in October. Um... <laughs> uh, October. Um, yeah. Oh, so I thought I just got that. As a backup, I did tease that this segment would be coming. Um, we're gonna have a little seg segment dedicated to the Arizona Coyotes and reflect on their time in the uh, Pacific Division, and also, you know, just reflect our time as being great division rivals because it's a sad, sad moment for the Pacific Division because obviously. I've talked about it several times. The Pacific Division, variety, even before Vegas came in, was quite hard to find. Because even before Vegas came in, you know, and when this the alignment of the Pacific Division, you know, happened in 2013-14, it was pretty much cliques of two cliques and Arizona. The West Canadian clique of, of Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and the California clique of Anaheim, LA, and us, which dominated the 10th decade. Wow. Um, but yeah, even before that, so before the uh, 13-40 realignment, you had, uh, well, you had, oh, yeah. you had Dallas in, um, and even going before that, we oh, you had Colorado, uh, Colorado, so yeah, so variety was quite hard uh, to find. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about Arizona's time as a, as a division rival Pacific, and we're also going to look back on their time role as Sharks Pose. Um, let's start with looking back on their time as Pacific rivals. So, the Arizona Coast, of course, came into the league as the back then as the Phoenix Coyotes um, uh, in 1997 season, but they didn't join the Pacific Division until 90, until the 1997-98 season. That was their first year uh, in the Pacific Division. And in that division alignment, so from 1998 to 2006, uh, the Calgary Flames, Carl Avalanche, Emmett and Mervyn moved to the Northwest Division. And the Dallas Stars and Phoenix Coyotes at the time came in from the Central Division. So that meant in between between 1998 and 2006, Variety, you know, wasn't really much there. It was Dallas, Phoenix, and then the California clique. So the California clique has dominated the Pacific Division since it's, it's uh, development, but that the West Canadian one's been a bit, it's been in, out, in, out, shake it all about. Oh, that's the hokey cokey! <laughs> Oh, so I'm just, I'm just trying to like the mood, I'm trying to like the mood, because this one's just going to be... Tessie has turned the chair, says to the viewers, 
So if you are watching on YouTube, you can see Sharky is here. Just, um, he's a bit sad. Oh, yeah, we're going to be that for quite a while. <sighs> um, and the coyotes as a whole, they actually didn't really have that bad of a time as soon as you one may think. Um, if we bring up the uh, records um, over the years, so if we go from uh, 97 uh, to 98, you can see that in turn, now hang on, is this going to be, ah, right, so if we look at what is clearly uh, season results, we can see that from in 1998, 99, uh, we see uh, the Phoenix Coyotes, they finish in second place in the division, so not a bad, it's not a bad start to life in a new division. In fact, the two newbies, Daz and Phoenix, they topped the division that year in 1998 uh, and 99, which of course was the year the Coyotes and first came to the division. So, good, strong second place there. Um, so, yeah, so Daz finished first at the 114 points. Phoenix got 90 points to finish second. Good seven points ahead of Anaheim. And we finished fourth with 80 points and qualified for the... For the uh, postseason, so the Phoenix Coyotes well, did qualify. They had a good run their first two year years. They did qualify as postseason in the second year. They, in, so nineteen ninety thousand again, Dallas finished as the overall uh, division champions. Um, but this time, Phoenix finished in third. Same amount of points though, but finished third in nineteen in. 1990,000 because in second was the A Kings with 94, and we finished in fourth again for the second in a row with 87. Barely actually really, really, he counts 1998, but hey, doesn't matter how you qualify, so we qualify. And uh, then we go back into, into the, uh, the, new, the new millennium. Uh, 2001 was a bad year because they finished fourth in the uh, division, but because of the with 90 points, but because of the stand uh, the, the uh, conference standings, because it's the top, because in those days it's the top eight of the, in the conference that got through. Unfortunately, that just was not quite enough for Phoenix to clinch there. But they would go back the following year, 2001, two to finish second place behind your sharks. Yeah, there we go. Give me some luck, Sharky's bouncing. Because in 2002, we won the division title with 99 points, where uh, Spiex had 95, so a good close run Connors there. Uh, and it was a tie with LA for 95 points, but just finished better because of the uh, season record. Um, and that was the lone year that our two sides met in the postseason. Okay, because I did want to look, because I was thinking, have we ever played? Arizona in the playoffs. I know it definitely happened during my tenure, so I became a shark in 2009. So we haven't played them in my tenure, but of course, because obviously now we're not going to be division rivals, that potentially could happen. Because all it would need to have, need is one of these two teams becomes a division champion, either the Central Pacific, the other becomes a wild card, that locks it in, or it could be a second round matchup or a cop fire matchup. 
So yeah, so 2002 was the lone matchup between these two sides in the playoffs. So we entered the playoffs in that year with the Pacific Division title, um, and the third seed in the Western Conference. While uh, the Phoenix Coyotes and the sixth seed uh, win the tiebreaker with the Kings in head-to-head points that year. And this was the first, and to date, the only playoff series between these two teams. Um, but of course, obviously, back then, the playoff format was a lot different. It was the top eight from each conference that qualified. Now it's all about divisions. So, who knows? Maybe in the future, we could actually see these two teams back in the playoffs against each other. Who knows? Um, and the Sharks won that series 4-1. The only game the Coyotes won in that series uh, was game two. Um, what's quite interesting, because I've got, I've got the series breakdown on my screen. What's quite interesting is each game... The loser only scored one goal. So in game one, it was 2-1 Sharks. Game two, 3-1 Coyotes. Game three, 4-1 Sharks. Game four, 2-1 Sharks. Game five, 4-1 Sharks. So quite interesting there. Um, and then a little bit of spooky voodoo. I just, I'm picking up from previous players in Sharks hockey. So interestingly, some of those games were close. I mean, games one, two... And four, you can argue, were close in games three and five, kind of the bit the uh, breakouts. Uh, but it's quite interesting to have um, the losing team in each game only scored one goal. Yeah, but so quite a tense um, matchup there. Ultimately, of course, our Sharks would end up in two thousand in that year, two thousand two, um, would end up um, to go, would go on to lose in the, in the uh, second round where we faced the. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, um, and we lost in, hold on, in, oh, that was a seven-game series, and series, and the Colorado Avalanche went on to lose to the Detroit Rebels of the Commerce Buyers, who were going to beat Carolina in the actual second part. So, just one playoff match between our two sides over the, over the years. Um, but who knows, Howler, now that obviously we're now, uh, Different divisions might change. Um, so yeah, uh, and then it was quite a while until Arizona would next be in the postseason. Um, they didn't qualify in two thousand and three. Uh, they finished fifth. Well, what was quite interesting about the two thousand two to three season was the top two in that year ended up being the bottom two. Phoenix were fifth. We were last. Two thousand and three and four though. So our fortunes would reverse and we would go back to being division champions. Uh, Phoenix would be last and would not qualify. Obviously, we had the lockout in, in cancelling uh, the 04-05 season. They will last for the next two seasons. So in 05-06, and the Coyotes were last. In 2007-08, they were fifth. 2008-09, they were fifth again, so didn't qualify again. They next qualified in 2010. So, with, once again, the top two being us and Phoenix. So, it's been quite a fair time in the position where the top two have been our two clubs. Hey, hey, see? We can be, t- we can be top two sides where we want to be. We can, we can be top two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so in 2010, 
uh, you qualified. And then you qualified again in 2011. So in 2010 you qualified in 2nd Division but 4th in Conference. And in 2011 you were 3rd Division but qualified as the 6th seed. Oh, and then 2012. It happened. So what? So once again in 2011-2012 we were the top 2 sides. But where Howler in those seasons I've mentioned. So 2001, so 02, 03, 07, 09, 10. Uh, were there any others? I think it was just those. Where, in those occasions, Howler bid the bridesmaid and we were the bride. In 2011-12, it was complete reversal. And it was the Coyotes who got their first ever division title. Side of only one point. Oh! The division that year, I remember that season well. It was a fun season to watch because the top three, so our two sides, LA, LA, all year have been battling, jostling to get top spot in the division, you know, to try and become maybe, you know, to get a better opponent for the first round. And one point just separated the top three. And they got third with 95, we got second with 96, and Howler won the division with 97 points. And the Coyotes would have their best ever playoff run. They're making all the way to the conference finals! They were so close! And I was winning it! I was winning it to happen! I was like, come on! Come on, I was, I was winning it, but in fact, last it was not to be, and they would lose to our better rivals. Unfortunately, the Coyotes could not repeat that success in the next two seasons and would finish uh, fourth in the division in both 2012-13 and in 2013-14, which of course was the first year the new playoff format came to play where it would be uh, the top three division qualifiers and then the next two best teams in the conference standings were qualified. So Arizona finished fourth in the division in 2013-14 with 89 points. In 2014-15, the Coyotes came last in the division with 56. 2015-16, fourth again. So, Coyotes have become, did have come, come fourth quite a lot since we had the current pl- playoff format. So, format. I just feel if the wildcards were division wild cards we would have had more coyote ma- matchups playoff matchups um so yeah so 15 16 you were fourth 16 17 uh you were six then in the first year bakers arrived uh you came last then in 18 19 you were fourth and you came close in that year you, bakers were got the last spot in the division with the division with 93 as at 86, so not that actually far off. Um, and then 1920, points percentage had to come into play because obviously the pandemic and all that. It meant that Arizona clinched a spot as the 11th seed in the conference and would go on to make the playoffs. Um, unfortunately, they got knocked out in uh, the Colorado Lunch. So actually, let's have a look at your playoff appearances overall, Howler. Um, because I feel like we've done, we've done the divisions done now. And actually, if you look at those, those season records, Arizona has had a bit of a mixed bag. They've come last quite a few times, but it's not been year in, year out. Yeah. And like I say, if the Coyotes uh, 
you know, if the playoffs were done my way, which was the top four in the division qualify, and it's the fourth division team, the, the team which is fourth division, it's the wildcard team division, if we did it my way, and that way, then we would have seen Arizona a lot more in the playoffs. Uh, so I'm just going to look up how many times you've made the playoffs so far. Howler. Uh, you've made nine playoff appearances. Your first was in your debut year, 96-97, um, but lost in the Commons quarterfinals um, to, the, to the Mighty Ducks. Seven games! That's a pressure though, to take it seven games for first year. In 97-98, they lost in the conference quarterfinals to the Red Wings in six games. In 98-99, lost in the conference quarterfinals to the Blues in seven games. In 1999-2000, lost in the quarterfinals, conference quarterfinals to the Avalanche, five games. Then the next appeal was in 2002, with that lone series against the Sharks, which also we just talked about. Now we did not then see Arizona again in postseason action until 2010, in the 2009-10 season, where unfortunately for Arizona again, they lost in the conference quarterfinals to the Red Wings, and then the following year, met the Red, in 2011, met the Red Wings again, lost in the conference quarterfinals again. So the difference was in 2010, you lost in seven games, in 2011, it was a sweep. Then of course, 20, then in 2011-2012 was the Coyotes' best ever they beat the Blackhawks in the Commerce Quarterfinals in six games, knocked the Prayers out in the Commerce Finals in five games, but fell short in the Conference Finals when they lost to our Arch Nemesis. We know how it feels, Harlow, in five games. And then we didn't next see the Azar Coyotes until, obviously, in the 2020 uh, bubble, where Arizona were the teams that had to compete in the qualifying round to become a playoff team, which they did by knocking National Prayers out in 3-1. And then they lost to the Colorado Avalanche in the first round for one. So nine total power appearances overall. Um, and apart from that one season, it's been a first round exit. So, oh, oh no, how the shock at that. Oh, oh, you went flying there. I know, the shock of it. Only the first round? Surely not. I'm afraid it is Howler. Oh. Who knows? Maybe you'll have better luck in the Central Division. Who knows? Okay. I want to finish it off by looking at the Sharks' overall record. Because I have loved having you in the Division Royal Hammer. It upsets me as well, Sharky, that you are sadly going to leave us. We don't want you to go. We don't. I know. We love Howler. We love Howler. We don't want Howler to go. Oh, you're going to set me off. I mean, I suppose I should be thankful that it's not what happened with Chicago and Detroit and you go into a different conference and we hardly ever see you ever again. <laughs> At least it's not that. Um, but before we round off, I want to look at the all-time Coyote Sharks record. Um, so, look at the overall record ever since you entered the game, the league. So, regardless of which division you were in, it's overall. Okay, so, the all-time record between the Sharks and the Coyotes are after... A total of 158 games. The Sharks won 80 of them. Lost 57 of them. Uh, tied 7 of them because there used to be ties in the... Uh, which I didn't even know about myself, but apparently there used to be ties in the NHL. Let's quit. No, 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 no. Um, and then OT is 14. 
So that's a total of 181 points uh, we've gathered over the years against the Coyotes. Uh, in terms of goals, four Sharks in those games, 476 for Carl Arizona, 445. So, and our all-time record at Arena, so let's have a look at our all-time record uh, at your Arena Howler. Let me try and find it. Okay, just to one set, because I've been two Arenas you played in. Yeah. Oh, you have. Yeah. So, uh, so first up in the uh, at the American West Arena, the record is nineteen eight ten zero one. So that's not too uh, shoddy. Uh, what about Gila River? Let's see if you can find that. So, Gila River. Oh, God. Hang on a sec. Should I find some of them? We'll get there in a moment. <laughs> oh, it's this one big, massive list. It's trying to find your name, however. No, you can't. No, it's an American Western. So I'm just trying to, trying to fill the sound because obviously this is a doubling up because the podcast segment as well so you can't, so we can't have radio silence so that's what I'm just trying to do here I'm trying to find it. Uh, oh there is Gila River Arena. So in Gila River Arena the stats are oh god oh I had it now I lost Okay, so in Gila River, the stats are 26-20-0-2. So, I think we've done better against you. Uh, in Gila River, than we have done your old one. So, that's overall time uh, record. Um, and I'd just like to finish off by... Talk about my experience we had because uh, when I got to go to Zazen in 2018, you know, you were one of the teams that I got to see, and I was just like, yes, because I've always had a because I've always have had a bit of a soft spot uh, for the Desert Dogs. Don't ask me why. I don't know why. I just have, you know. So I was just so glad, and actually that game was a quite a close encounter. It was a two-one uh, win. In regulation for the coyotes at the end of it but it was a very very tough game both sides were in it i kind of like you gave us like an extra maybe extra five minutes maybe maybe we could have maybe done it but it was such a great game to watch i just loved loved it i was just like so i was just like because yeah. i had no idea what teams i would probably get to chance to go and see when i was when i was the trip was being brought to me um but i was so glad it was going to be I was with Wild though. I was just so, just so, uh, I was just so happy about that because I was, I was like, it's like that's like the hockey goals were answering my prayers. It's like, yes, you can go and see Arizona. Uh, who knows? I might get to go and see Howlin, your own barn. Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Never, never. I mean, to me, when it comes to America, I always feel like it's always a lot of thing. Bing, so you should try to get you get to try to do it. So I'd rather maybe some more times over. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. If we have an outdoor game. Who knows? Could be. That could be. Could be. 
Yeah, that was honest. It's going to be a good place to go. Go on. Or you to me. <laughs> but yeah, um, so yeah. So, I want to finish off by saying thank you, Howler, for being a fantastic division rival. You have really brought the, the flavour and the variety to this particular division. Like I say, it is not going to be the same without you. And we will feel that from day one. The moment the, I just feel the moment the puck drops on 21 22, we're gonna feel we're gonna feel your absence in the specific division. You vision, you meant a lot to this division, to the book, to the fans. But clearly, you didn't mean that much to the people in charge because they were just so happy once they got their precious Seattle to just go right, stuck Arizona, off they go to the central. You know. They didn't think it through because the Kraken had a good three years before they were arriving. They could have thought this out a bit more. But no, they were like, that's it. Off you go. But yeah. So, it, oh, it's going to be hard, you know, trying to see you less. But we, we loved you, Paula. And uh, if any of your central vision rivals, so Chicago, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, Nashville, Cities, Winnipeg, they give you any trouble... Send them our way and we will deal with them, okay? Because we are going to miss you, okay? We love you, Howler. Oh. We love, we love, we love you. We love Howler Cody. We love you. And we are going to miss you as Division Rebels. And we wish you all the very best in the future going forward. And who knows, one day, hopefully, we can be Division Rebels once again. Oh, my God. Getting teary now. Oh. Well, it's definitely time for a break, um, and we'll come and we'll continue with the season three tonight to report after we've all dried eyed. Back in this moment, moment, folks. And just like that, it's time to go for the stats again. <laughs> I bet I saw you thinking, oh my god, that's come quickly. Well, it kind of has, because uh, as you remember, I've been kept saying, obviously last year, season two, we didn't get the opportunity to do a finale show, a, pro a proper finale show, because obviously the pandemic, it hit the league, of course the league's gone Porsche, we had to end our season, season two, a lot earlier. Uh, so we didn't get a chance to, look, to go through the 2019-20 statistics in a finale show, um, which I can't wait to do. Uh, so, we're going to try to figure out, oh, what we're going to do to put the ball away between uh, now and the off-season to start the new season. Well, let's do it as a separate episode. We have that episode 2 season, which we should go back and listen to. Uh, but now it's time to actually look at 2019-20 stats. Nope, that was what we did in the episode 2. Uh, now, for the far finale, we're going to look at the stats for 2020-21. Oh, so many numbers. Right, our numbers are going to be flying left, right and centre. So I've already just mentioned our overall record for the year, which was 21-28-7. And if you compare that to the disrupted seasons, I like to refer last season. Okay, we won less, but we lost fewer. When you combine our regulation losses and OT shutout losses for this year to go compared to last year, we actually lost fewer this year than we did last year. So, 21-28-7 is our overall record. That is 7th of the division. So I think taking from that, 
there were improvements this year, but just mm, still a long way to go. Now, if we bring the record down to home and road, we actually it's actually very, very narrow, the margins. They are actually quite narrow. The home record was 11-13-4. Uh, road record was 10-15-3. So we only just, just only uh, did better on home ice than we did on the road. If we look at the goals for, goals against, uh, 151 goals for, 199 goals against. That's definitely something needs to be improved this year in the scoring offence. There's got to be something that needs to be improved on for next season, particularly against certain teams like, obviously, Colorado and Vegas. So, yeah, that's going to be moving forward. Um, I'll just give you the other, other team stats just, uh, before we go on to uh, our overall player stats. So, in terms of power play this year, uh, it didn't really improve compared to last year. The Sharks this year were 29th yeah, on, on the power play. Uh, like, with a 14 14.1. Uh, percentage that has got to improve next year. I said this with last with regards to last season's stats. Power needs to get better. It did not improve this year one bit. Um, uh, to kill uh, was a bit of a down compared to last year. Last year we were the number one team overall. This year we were the number fourteen team. Uh, we had eighty point four percentage. Uh, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, face off win percentage. Uh, the Sharks came in. Find it. Oh, oh no, it's not on. Oh dear, doesn't look good. Twenty fifth in the league with forty eight point four. Uh, so still needs to work on there. And if we look at uh, our fired stat, we'll look at his shots against per game. Uh, the Sharks with that stat uh, finished in twenty sixth place with thirty two point zero. So those are the elite stats. Now let's have a look at our players and see who did best for your Sharks this season. And we can see on my on my monitor, we can see it's the Abanda Kane show. <laughs> okay, let's go for it. Right. So your team leaders for 2020-21. Okay, so in terms of goals, it was Evander Kane. With 22. In terms of assists. Evander Kane with 27. In terms of points. Evander Kane with 49. Now. Pertinence. Now you would think. That should be Evander Kane again. Well actually. It's the new rising star. In the form of Curtis Gabriel. Who has pertinence. The TD and pertinence. 55. In terms of me and Curtis Gabriel. He did make his presence felt this season. He really did with all these all those fights he took. Uh, so he takes pairs bits there as team leader. Uh, he's also along with Thomas Hurtle in the pluses and minuses team leaders. They both are plus one. Uh, wins for net miners. Martin Jones outrightly wins that category with 15. And the fire start is goals against average. And taking that one as is... Oh, apologies for Miss Brown's name. Joseph Corona with 3.17. So, all in all, when you look at the stats for this year, compared to last year, I say there are some improvements that have been made this year. Because, I mean, the focus this season was to be a rebuild year. You know, we were going to 
be playoff contenders, contending, uh, despite our broadcasting team. 19, no, I was saying, oh, well, the Sharks could be, but they could maybe face that amount of commitment. Like, I was like, uh, no. Clearly, they did not listen to, to listen to this podcast. If they listened to this podcast, they would have learned that this year was not supposed to be contending for a playoff berth or trying to do big ambitions. It was all about rebuilding the team after a bit of a shock in 2019-20 to have gone the way it went. This year, 2021, was supposed to be a rebuild year and just getting through the season, given it was going to be a shortened season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, which we did. Um, Next season, I've got no idea what next season could be. I mean, idea I'd like us to be back in contention, but who knows um, if we will be. So those are your stats for the 2019... No, <laughs> again! For the 2020-21 season. Um season so yeah so great we actually got to do it in the finale and not as a separate show like like 2019-20 stats which of course if you want to go past those it's episode two for season three okay we'll be back shortly to continue the season three finale of tier four in just a few moments okay so this is an audio early segment and now, you guys are casting your minds back to the season one finale. In the season one finale, we had a little segment where we talked about how the season had gone uh, for the podcast. Um, sadly, we didn't really get a chance to do that last year on season two, because obviously, like I say, season two uh, conclude, finished incomplete. We had to shorten it. We didn't get to do the finale episode. Um, so I thought, let's do it this year. It's going to be great. So it was a nice segment in season one. I wanted to have it as a Polani segment, and oh my god, there's a lot for season three. I did when we did the first episode of season three, which of course was on the YouTube my YouTube channel this year. If you haven't already, go subscribe to my YouTube channel. You'll love it. It's got so much amazing content, shark stuff too. Go subscribe. Have already I'll give you a link in my you know description. Um, I did warn you guys that we're going to be bigger and better than our previous two years and we raised the bar because we had to do a lot of adapting on season three you know because obviously when the pause hit it meant the podcast would have been like oh what do we do now you know there's nothing really to report uh, as a whole what do we do and so i thought right i'm going to use this time use the pause use the bubbles to plan what to do when we can start a season three um and we got a lot prepped. It kind of has felt like it's been two separate seasons, like a season three A, which was October, October to January, and then season three B, which has been February to June, because they've had felt like two separate seasons. The first time of season three, we had a lot of special episodes. We had our, as I say, our first ever live YouTube show, which I loved so much. They're going to be kind of her thing, actually. Yeah, I loved it so much that as we did the second one, I decided we're going to make it a permanent thing. So every season now, Chill Pause, going to be one show in the year. We'll mix it up where it happens in the scheduling each season, just so you don't, just so it's not, just so we can keep you guessing. We're going to do a live show every year, so that's why it's going to be from now on. Um, it's, so yeah, so the first episode, we did a live show, it's just a couple of what's been happened since the pause. In November, we had a finale segment that I really wanted to do, do uh, which would talk about the Sharks statistics of the season. Uh, which couldn't do, so I thought, well, I might as well do that as an episode. Um, 
that segment is going to be happening in this season's finale show, so stick around, it's coming up very soon. Um, and then in December, we have like our first sort of two-parter, uh, where I look back on the bubbles. I was so surprised at that, how much, much content I wanted to talk about, because in that year, the bubbles, Shark didn't need to be in the, bu- didn't need to be in the bubbles, and I thought, I was a neutral and wouldn't have much to say. Oh boy, was I proven wrong. I had a lot to say. A lot to say. So I just split that into two halves. It really had to be split into two parts. Otherwise, we would have been there for three hours. It's just no. No, no, no. And then January, which is still the longest running episode to report. Who knows? It might not be off today. We'll see. Um, I won't know until I've edited the whole episode together and uploaded it. Ready to get disputed. So, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, <laughs> talking about what was going to coming ahead for the season. Now the season is a go. And then from February, it's been to report back to normal. The lockbacks came back. The Mysterio Watch came back. Okay, it's built different this year. It's going to feel a lot different next year. Um, as I've already mentioned in our special Pacific Watch segment, which, which has really been just a to report Pacific Watch segment because it's been just to report stuff. This Pacific Watch, anyways. I love to bring it first on this podcast radio. So we've also got that. Look back and of course, got a brand new seven this year, which I was so excited. Cool corner. Just loved it. Because um, I always wanted to do so with the Barracuda, but hadn't really figured it out by the, by the time we got going with season one. I just had not figured it out. And it took me until midway into season two. So just as we were about to hit the pause. I finally worked out, ah, I know what I do, but it's not much time left in the season, let's save the season three. And so, it's worth an absolute treat, because as I've mentioned, I've only really ever followed the Barracuda. Out of all of our Sharks videos, I've only ever followed the Barracuda. Uh, so I'm so glad to have them now involved with the podcast too, it's just, yeah, it just, it's just brilliant, it means gets covered all of Saturday hockey, that's been great too. Um, and yeah, and just our little anniversary segments. Which I've loved making this year. Uh, clearly this year it has been the 30th anniversary season for our Sharks. And so I wanted to do something, you know, to recognise. Just so that when you look back on this in, say, 10 or 15 years' time, we can say, oh, we did, did, did do something to commemorate the 30th anniversary. We did a little segment on our podcast. So there you go. Uh, of course, we, had, we also have the 30 Years of Teal miniseries, which is still ongoing. Uh, because... Obviously, the original idea behind that mini-series, because I planned that at the very beginning of the 1920 season, uh, so before even COVID became a thing, I planned it, ready what to do, we'll do it during the regular, the regular season in 2020-2021, it worked fine. Then, of course, COVID hit, and obviously, the season for this year became what it was. So I thought, right, well, let's just do a year-long celebration, then. Let's do a year-long celebration, Okay. And so the elite, so for the first few years of season four, so the first half of season four, you're still going to keep me banging on about it's the Sharks' 30th, even though technically it's down the 31st, because I'm having a year-long celebration rather than just a season-long celebration. So we still got a couple of episodes of that uh, to do. Uh, some very exciting things coming up. Uh, we're going to cover some very exciting topics. Um, as I say, you'll be able to watch them on my YouTube channel and you'll also listen to Miss Burr's apps on the Chilper podcast. Um, but they'll be under the Season 4 production code. Because uh, obviously, they'll be going on after Season 4. Yeah, so, I'm just so proud this year of Season 3. It's been, 
it's been real tough. It has been a tough show to make this year. Because of having to adjust the dat to everything that's been, been going on. You know, it's been real hard. But, I'm just so proud because of how far we've grown. Honestly, if you go and listen back to our, to all of our episodes. Particularly the first few, few episodes, like the first three or four episodes of season one. You can tell that we were new to this. We were new to the game. And we were trying to find our feet um, in what sort of podcast we wanted to be. What we wanted to do. And now, in season three, to be at least 15 episodes. I don't, I don't, I don't, know, what the, I don't know what the official episode count is. Because um, we did a total of nine in season one. Because that was eight plus our first episode on the autumn weekend. Season two... Oh no, no, sorry. Eight. Oh, I'm, I'm confusing myself now. Right, let's look it up. Let's give it actual. Let's actually look up how many episodes of Trailport has been so far. Not counting the uh, 30 years of Teal, because they're just bonus steps. So, not counting those. Um, so, just bear with me for a second. So, I was in season one, which has. Um, well, we had we had eight in total. We had seven episodes, um, and our bonus ep was the All Star Weekend, so that was eight in total. Last year, of course, we only got to six because we were supposed to have done seven, but of course, the pandemic meant we only got six of our seven episodes last year completed. And this year, with everything going on, it means we've had a total of nine episodes. So that is twenty five. Episodes. This is the tw- this is the twenty fifth episode of Teleport. Wow. So I just spelled off twenty five episodes now. We've now found our feet. We now know what what we'll do. Um, of course, we're gonna over the years try some new segments out, see if they work, see if they don't work. That will happen a lot because in this business, you always want to try out new things, see if they work. And if they do, great. They get to stay part of new segments of the podcast and become permanent new editions of the podcast, like Cool Corner. If it don't work, it's fine. We'll just bin in the following year, uh, year and just keep going what works. So, so, yeah, so it's just so amazing. But I feel after three seasons and 25 episodes, I kind of feel we now know where we're going. We have established our core features, um, but I'm not going to be afraid over the next few years to try out new things for this podcast and see if they work work um yeah so I, I i'm just so proud of where we've come this year especially taking the podcast on youtube because i'm not gonna lie to you guys it was very nerve-wracking during the first the first one um because it had been a good few months since we last had an episode up for you guys you know because obviously the pandemic threw everything into chaos and especially if you're a seasonal podcast it's like what what are you supposed to do now the content you need to make episodes is not is not going on right now. Ah! It was a panic, but we got through it um, in the end. Um, and I was quite nerve wracking doing that because it was my first ever live stream as a whole. You know, uh, I've ever just stuck to doing pre-recorded content, whether that's on YouTube or Tumblr or Audio Mac or as a podcast. I've never been to live streaming. So it's really nerve-wracking at all. Because if it goes wrong, 
It doesn't affect just me and my channel. It affects this podcast. And that's the last thing I want to do. I mean, I don't want to keep guys back watching. Um, they went great. Um, and then to do another one. Because I did teach you guys, I don't know. I might do another one during the season was going on. Uh, to see what an actual episode will be like. Under that under that live stream format. And it worked a treat. It really did. So, like I say, that's a great new thing that's going to be coming more regularly now. So, like I say, every year we're going to do a live stream episode of the podcast. But we'll bury it each year. So, next year we might do it at January. Then maybe the year after that we might do it, say, October. or, or. So, we'll always mix it up. So that you've got a variety of different streams and so that we can keep you guessing where it's coming. Right? It's something for you to look forward to. So it's something that you know is coming in the pipelines, but you don't know exactly when. So it's been amazing. It's been amazing to see this podcast grow in season three. It, we've, it's been great. And I think thanks to the challenges of, of the actual hockey season, it's allowed this podcast to rise to those challenges and to grow and to be just something I can easily say. We found ourselves. We have found our feet. Because podcasting is not easy, my friends. It really is not easy. But the fact that now, after three seasons in and 25 episodes, I'm just so proud. And like I say, there's a lot more still to come. Um, but all so proud of what has happened on Tier of Ball Season 3 and I hope you guys have loved it too because I have certainly had fun making this season of Tier of Ball. So just before we go I have got one last thing I would like to do um, and this segment is going to be a YouTube segment, so as I've been has been warning you, if the YouTube segments sound a bit sorry, the sound if it sounds a bit weird, it's because it's a YouTube segment that I've converted into an audio file. Um yeah, it's just been it's been you've been doing great so far today guys. Got one last thing to do, it's good fine. Um I wanna close the season out by giving a little thank you message to all you to all you wonderful Listeners, it has not been easy this year for me. For me, my enthusiasm levels have been, and I'll explain more of this in my little message where it starts going in the moment. For me, my enthusiasm levels for the sport has been at an all time low this year. Not because of the pandemic, but because of how the way the league has handled the pandemic. You know, it's just moved for what is the point in doing this? Why are we carrying on? You know, it's risky. You know, the virus still hasn't gone anywhere, and I think there's a lot more we could have done better. So, but this podcast has helped keep me going. You know, doing the podcast, I love making this show. It has a special part of my heart, and we're going to have more still to come. Um, we've got a bumper season four coming next year, which will be, which is going to be coming to you in October this year. We're going to start in October again. Um, so you can get an extra episode. Yay! We what we like to see extra con. We always want extra stuff. They're great. Um, actually, I do mention in the in this little thank you message what that extra is going to be. So, well, that but yeah. So, I want to close out today's show with this little thank you message. Um, before I do, 
you know. Thank you so much. You've managed to stick around for the whole length of what's been probably a lengthy finale. Who knows if it has been even lengthier than episode four of season three. I won't that won't that let until I've edited the whole thing together. Yeah, I will not so obviously I won't know how long this is until I've edited all together and all that and uploaded it. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> but I did but warn you guys to report the more, as we grow longer they, these shows are going to get, you know, it's, we've come a long way since season one, yeah, so, also, I was going to say, big thank you, I'll see you guys next, uh, very soon actually, because I've got a couple of little specials and the summer's time over, uh, the first, I don't know what the first is going to be, it will depend, it will depend, it'll either be the Westworld one, or it's going to be the Cracker one, we'll see. Uh, keep an eye out. I'll keep you posted on my Twitter. Just follow me at GeorgeThings96 on Twitter. And like, then you'll find out which one comes first. Okay, I'm going to write what's left. I'm going to go to print now. So, thank you guys so much for, watching today sh for listening to today's show. Haven't already? Please do subscribe to the podcast. You know, like, rate, and review. Subscribe as well. And I'm going to leave you guys now with, a, with this very special message to all you, my wonderful dear listeners. Of the Triple Podcast. Hey guys, it's your host here. Uh, another shark season's in the books, and that means another season of the Triple Podcast is coming to an end. And I just want to say for this year, a really big thank you to all of you out there who have supported this podcast through what has got to be. For me, a difficult season to get behind. Um, I made it no secret in the second half of, of season three. My enthusiasm levels for hockey since the bubbles has been on a bit of a down. It's been on a low. Because um, for me, regards to this pandemic, hockey has not been the top of my priorities. Just because I always had a feeling... It would come back. And I've said this plenty of times on the podcast. You know, with hockey, there's never really a problem of oh, what's going to happen to it during the pandemic. Because we knew at some point it was going to come back. First with the bubbles. And then when, obviously, we had the bubbles ended. I was like, well, it won't be too long before we get going again. The question will be is when. Um, of course, that was mid-January. January the 13th. So, yeah. So, uh, so, for me, I've had more other pressing priorities in my life um particularly our arts and our entertainment and art sector that my sector that has taken a really nasty hit particularly here in england it's been it's been hell it has been hell um so yeah so i've had more priorities on my mind um and what's kept me going throughout this 2021 season is is this well, is the podcast you know i've you know ever since we began in in the 2018-19 season, you know, we've been growing strength and strength and strength and, you know, to get the, the, the mission of the podcast out there, which of course is to provide you guys with a fan's voice, because we don't really get to hear a lot on NHL.com, and to me, I've been sick and sick and tired of hearing NHL.com saying about our sharks, when they don't really know our sharks properly, Yeah. It's like, where's the fans' opinion, you know? The actual the actual fans, so us, the people who support the team, wherever we are in the world. You know? 
whether that's in actual, actual South California or here in Manchester, North West England. Um, yeah, so I think without this podcast, I do not think I could have got through um, doing uh, this season. I don't know about if I would have been paying so much attention at all. My main focus would have just been to just keep an eye on the NHL and what's been going on there with obviously with the Barracuda. Um, so yeah, so some of the things we have done this year on the podcast have been to try and help keep me uh, going. But, you know, it's just, it has been hard. It has been tough. Um, hopefully next season, so when we get started on season four, um, my enthusiasm might come back a bit, you know. I mean, it's going to be hard because obviously we've got the, the, Kraken, the Kraken coming. Not looking forward to that. And obviously, Hope they're not gonna be like Vegas. I really hope. I pray not. I can't put. I can't put with two teams like Vegas. One's bad enough. Um, for me, it has been tough this season. But hopefully, my views as I might return a little bit when we get back. Rise next year. Obviously, next season the NHL plans to return things back to the way they were pre-pandemic. So the alignments go back to the way they were. But of course, the Kraken comes in to the Pacific. Arizona goes to the Central. Bad move! Bad move! I will not let you forget that. I will not let them forget that. It was a bad move. They clearly did not check out my teleport bid on what my suggestion for the alignment could have been. They clearly did not. Otherwise, Arizona would still be with us. Um, but yeah. So, like I said, I just want to thank you guys for all your support uh, this year. Um, even just by listening to our, sh- our shows this year is support enough you know that's all i can ask you just keep you just keep listening and hopefully our podcast has inspired you to even have your own discussions with your first sharks fans or hockey fans in general because we want to hear fans opinions okay we don't want to hear middle-aged men in shiny suits we want to hear from the fan the actual fans you know the people who help keep make the teams what they are so that's what we're here and that's been the mission of this podcast and that's what we're going to keep doing going forward for a very very long time to come but i just wanted to say a little quick thank you and finish off our season three finale show uh with a little thank you because it's been tough it has been hard to do it really has been hard to watch it has been really really hard watching an empty shark tank this was my big fear going into the um, potentially going into what would have been the rest of the 2019-20 season last year when before the pause we were going to potentially be having to play as people to empty but of course the pause happens we didn't have to do that um, and obviously with watching the bubbles it gave me a chance to see oh what it's going to be like um, but even when that first home game came in February it, it's just, just I still was not ready for it it still feels weird it absolutely is wrong for SP Centre, for our Shark Tank to be absolutely empty, it needs to because it is one of the toughest places. The Shark SAP Centre is one of the toughest places for teams to come and play because of the loyal fan base that we have built in Saturday for across the last thirty years, and it's going to continue to grow across the next next thirty. It's been, and I am so proud to be a part of it and to call myself a shark and to keep going and doing all this amazing stuff with you guys so yeah so i just wanted to say a very very quick thank you for all of your support this year throughout season three it has been a hard season to do because obviously it's not been a normal hockey year 
with it's not been an easy ride and of course for me my enthusiasm for the sport has been at an all-time low i am trying to work to get built up again but we'll have to see uh moving forward we'll see how it goes um yeah and all i can say is just continue to give that support by continuing to listen to all our new episodes you know some of from past seasons or you know new seasons coming soon season four will be coming in october uh this year we're gonna have a very special start to season four this year because we're gonna do a pre-season show uh next year it's our first ever sort of pre-season show next year and that's we're gonna start season four so that's gonna be interesting because i've not really done pre-season stuff so we're gonna touch that um yeah, but you can, if you're thinking, oh, what am I going to do until Sharks Hockey comes back in October? Well, you can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes, you know. We're all there. Uh, you just go to Anchor.fm and you can find out where we are distributed to. Um, to. So you can start taking heat supporting us by listening. Uh, you can also support us by liking our episodes, rate up the podcast, and maybe give us a review. You know, review the podcast, because... Who knows, if, if, if um, new listeners are like, looking for something to watch and they see a review to a podcast, they think, oh, maybe it's worth a watch. So, have a go doing that if you want. Just, uh, yeah, so just, 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 just these little tiny things that you guys, our, our listeners, can do to help get this podcast even further. Because I want to grow to a port even further. We've, we've come a big way this year. I mean, I never thought at the start of, of this we would have... YouTube shows. I never thought we we did two YouTube shows this year, and I am so proud of that. Um, um, so that's how we've grown, and I want to grow the podcast even more. Um, and I can do that with your support, and so just like, share, review, and of course, most of all, listen. But yeah, I'm gonna start off now with, and like I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's been a roller coaster of a ride. Hopefully season four is gonna when we get go with season four in October of twenty twenty one, it's gonna be a lot more easier to deal with, it's gonna be a lot more manageable and hopefully Sharks Hockey can be a bit like it was pre pandemic. Yeah, like I say, thank you so much for listening. Keep an eye out, okay? Because we've got a couple little special shows to tie you over for the summer. So keep an eye out. Until then, massive thank you as always. Keep doing what you're doing, listening to the show, and maybe even go that one step further to like, rate, and review it. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. I'll see you in season in October for season four, and so for season three of Two Report, that's a wrap. This has been another edition of Two Report, the podcast made by a fan for the fans. You can listen to subscribe to every single episode wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to check out the official George Hand YouTube channel to catch up on all the latest Two Report bids.